The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Jared. I'm the online campus pastor. We're so glad that you joined us today. Uh, I want to encourage you, just as school's starting back and we're getting back in the swing of things, if you want to be connected here, connected in a home group, love for you to email me at jared at summitonline.tv or either of our campus pastors would love to get you plugged into a home group because we want you to be connected. And even if you're out of the state or anything like that and you want to start a home group or a house church, we'd love to connect with you. Um, today, we're going to continue our study in the book of Luke, but we're going to skip over the last part of chapter 7. We're going to come back to that at the very end of Jesus' life. Uh, Luke chronologically does a few things different, and so we will pick that back up. We're not just skipping it just to skip it, but we'll come back to that. So where we're at today is we're going to be in the Luke chapter 8. So we're going to be talking about the sower. So today, there's a lot that we could talk about in this passage. We could talk about the sower and how he spreads the word of Jesus. But really, we're going to be looking at our hearts and the soil that Jesus talks about. So Luke chapter 8, verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons came out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping support them of their own means. I think it's interesting, um, just that little verse, just to kind of pull this little push pause for a second, is these three women were self-sufficient, and they were helping the disciples and helping Jesus along their path. And I think that's really cool because back in that time, a lot of women didn't have their own means, but they were willing to sacrifice their own means to be a disciple and to follow Jesus. So I think that's awesome. Verse 4 While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town to town, he told this parable. So to set the stage, Jesus had been traveling and he had gained a bunch of people that wanted to come hear him talk. Crowds of the thousands were coming and listening to him. And so to talk to him, to talk to them, Jesus was going to tell a parable. And so just popular definition of a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so what this does is he knows that because of the large crowd that's coming around, he knows that there's a lot of different people and a lot of different backgrounds of what they're coming to, what their hearts are coming coming to listen to him. Some were coming probably to judge him. Some were coming to just like soak in every word. And so then Jesus addresses the crowd. Verse 5 said, A farmer went out to sow his seed. After he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. So Jesus starts to tell the story about a sower. So what a sower's function is to sow. It's not just to plant one seed, but they would go and throw seeds out. We've seen that, I mean, even if you've laid seed in your grass or things like this, you know that you go out and you don't just put down a couple of things and hopefully you get grass. You want to spread it all around. So that's what Jesus is talking about. And we're talking about four different types of soil. So the first soil was seed on the road. So that seed got thrown onto a road that was trampled down, and it was so easily blown away. Birds came and ate it, had a free meal, super easy. So he goes on to talk about the second seed. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So this rocky ground in Israel, 
they had dirt and then they had like a layer of limestone. And so they would have to go in and actually plow the rock and to get that rock removed out so they could get down to good soil. But this soil had not been plowed. The third seed, seed among the thorns, verse 7. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And then the fourth seed is seed in good soil. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a good crop, a hundred times more than was sown. So just to put a little note, that's the only soil that Jesus said is good soil. He continues on in verse 8. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So Jesus had just talked to these people and told them this parable. A lot of these people would have known what he was talking about. It was pretty common knowledge, even this stuff. I'm not a farmer at all. I don't plant plants. I'm horrible at that. But I also know if you throw it on a street, it's probably not going to grow. If you throw it in a bunch of rocks, probably not going to do well. So these people knew what he was talking about because they were farmers. This time, a lot of them either were around farming or they were farmers. So it'd be like me saying this. So today I got up, got in my truck, I put it in reverse, Pulled out my driveway, got on the highway, drove to church. I got out of church, came into the church, got up here, and started talking. He who has ears, let him hear. It would be very weird for me to do that. And that's what Jesus just did. He's like told them everything that they probably are like, yeah, we get that. What are you talking about? And then he says, he who has ears, let him hear. So there probably was some confusion. And so the disciples... With that confusion, ask him. It says in verse 9, his disciples ask him what, what this par- ask him what this parable meant. He said that the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. So this little passage references Isaiah 6. Um, and in that, Isaiah was talking about how Israel was going to be knocked down, but was going to be replanted with a seed of hope. And so Jesus was referencing himself as that seed, and he was the hope that was coming. And so we continue on, and he, thankfully he continues to explain the parable. So verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. So the seed that he's talking about is the word of God. For us, just to push pause, because we're really focusing on our hearts today and how we receive the word and act on the word, but... A good little check in our hearts is if we are believers in Jesus, are we spreading the word of God? Are we sharing the good news of who Jesus is to our friends and our family? Like I said, that's a whole nother day, a whole nother topic, but a good thing for us just to kind of heart check to see, is that something that we're actually doing? So he goes on and explains the first seed, the seed on the road or hardened hearts. Verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they might not believe and be saved. Satan is alive and active, a genuine threat and enemy uh, to the, of the reception of the word of God. And so this person, this seed on the road, the hardened hearts, man, I don't know if you have anybody in your life that's like this, but I have some friends that are this way, that I will share who Jesus is and what they are, and they're just not ready to receive it. They have a hardened heart where they don't, want, they don't want to do anything with that. They don't care. They've heard the word, but it just kind of flicks off and just kind of moves on. So the next, next one he 
references, the seed on the rocky ground are shallow hearts. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. These people hear the words of Jesus and want the good things of Jesus, but don't have deep roots. So, for example, we have people in our church that are claiming to follow Jesus, but they're following the wrong Jesus. And what I mean by that is we've put our faith in so many other things other than actually putting our faith in Jesus. Sometimes we put our faith in a church building. Sometimes we put our faith in this is my home, I'm Summit Church. Man, Summit Church has changed my life. And why we love to help change lives, God is changing lives. Maybe you've put something in your life where your God is even a pastor. Or your giftings, and that's your value, and that's your faith is put in those things. But then when testing comes, or like the people that put their faith in a church, or their faith in a pastor, or their faith in their giftings, when those things fail, or when they disappoint you, or when they don't work out the way that you think they should, well then where are your roots? Your roots are in a church building. Your roots are in a person and not in Jesus. And so we need to have deep roots in who Jesus is and who Jesus calls us to be because times and trials are gonna come, people are gonna let you down, your giftings are gonna go away at points, there's gonna be things that opportunities arise and things just go haywire. And so for us to be looking at this, this is a person who never really had those deep roots. They might have been experienced Jesus, but didn't really have roots in who he actually was. The third seed, seed among the thorns or distracted hearts. Verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way and they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not matter. These people are so distracted by what the world offers. It's so easy to look outside and to think, I'm not really willing to pay the price of discipleship. I'm not really willing to call you Lord of my life because I would rather have money and pleasures and cars and all the things that are not Jesus. And so we need to, for us as believers, we need to guard ourselves against that heart. So how do these three unfruitful, so they're, like I said, we've talked about four types of soil. So the first three are unfruitful. So how are they the great enemies of Christians? There's a theologian that says this, each of the three fruitless hearts is influenced by a different enemy. The hard heart, the devil himself snatches the seed. The shallow heart, the flesh counterfeits religious feelings. The crowded heart, the things of the world smother the growth and prevent a hardest. These are the three great enemies of the Christian, the world, the flesh, and the devil. 1 John 2, 5 through, 15 through 17. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. 
The world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does not, does the will of God, lives forever. So we need to protect our hearts against being those three types of soils. So the fourth soil and the good soil is verse 15, seed of good soil, fruitful hearts. But the seed of good soil stands up for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. So I want to read that one more time. But the seed of good soil stands for those with noble and good heart who hear the word, who retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. So three present principles as we're talking about what a fruitful heart and good soil looks like. So the first thing is we need to hear the word. Then we need to retain it. We need to receive that. And then bear fruit and persevere through those trials. So going back and looking at shallow hearts, like trying not to have, when things hit us, we need to have deep roots in who Jesus is so that we can persevere. So unlike the seed of the road, it's plowed up. Our heart is ready to go. Like we talked about plowing up those rocks. We need to get those things out of our lives. Unlike the rocky ground, it has deep roots. And unlike the thorny ground, it doesn't favor weeds. So we need to make sure that we're protecting our hearts in this world that throws so much stuff at us. And we need to make sure that we have the roots in who Jesus is. And so back in that day, to have a hundredfold your crop is great. To have tenfold, from a lot of people said that was amazing. And so to have a hundredfold, when our hearts are prepared and when our hearts are good soil, Jesus and God can use us so much and use me who is so messed up to do amazing things. And so today, Christians, where are you at on this? Is your heart good soil? Are you fruitful? Are you producing good fruit? Are you living for Jesus? Are you sharing the good news of Jesus? Something that we can examine daily about our lives of, man, where am I at today in that? And if you're worried about people that are in that rocky soil or the road soil, like any of that stuff, the good news for them and good news for all of us is that God's not done with them. So if you've been praying for someone and they seem like, man, they are going to be stuck in the thorns for the rest of their lives. They're going to be stuck being so calloused to the gospel and to Jesus and to who he is that there's just no, there's no return for them. Well, the good news is Jesus is not done with them. Second Peter 3, 9 says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. So I have people in my life that I pray daily that the Lord would soften their hearts, plow away rocks, and remove the distractions of the world because I believe that God is not done with them. I know that God has a plan for people. I have friends and family that I pray on a daily for that don't want anything to do with Jesus. But I know because of that verse, he's not done with them. And also he's not done with you. If you do, if you're like, man, I don't want anything. I've never really wanted anything to do with this Jesus and church and things like that. And I pray that the Holy Spirit comes and 
softens your heart and starts to open up your eyes to the truth that when you do hear, you can hear that Jesus loves you and he came and he died for you. And he rose again three days later, proving that he is who he says he is. And he offers that salvation to you. So for believers, continue to pray. Continue to believe that if you have family and friends that are in those three types of soil, believe that God can still work in them. And for us as believers also, we can continue to evaluate our heart on where we're at on that list. For the non-believer, like I said, he who has ears, let him hear that Jesus loves you and he's for you. If you'd like to have a conversation more about that, who Jesus is, we'd love for you to reach out and we would love to have any conversation. We just pray that God continues to push back darkness and that the Holy Spirit will fall in your life today. Uh, Father, we just thank you for who you are. Um, God, I pray that uh, as believers, as we examine our hearts, God, I pray that we are soil that is ready for you to move in. Vessels that you can work through. Um, God, I pray for um, just the people that are going through those different types of soil in their lives, ones that have just hardened hearts. God, I pray that you'll soften those hearts. God, I pray for the people that are don't have deep roots in you, that they've put their faith in maybe a church building or a gifting. God, I pray that they will come back to you and that they will find roots in you. Um, and God, I do pray for the people that are just so caught up in this world and that are missing the relationship that we get to have with you. Um, so God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will come and move in a mighty way. Jesus, we love you in your awesome name. Amen.